Well, I, I wanted to tell you, Lee, um, thank you for your service to our country, but personally, you have been a source of encouragement to me my whole life. Well, we played ball together and a few other things. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Lee was the guy who, when I was 15 years old or 16 years old and first started playing church softball, and back in those days, there was a lot of good players. Yeah, and he, he actually let me play. I probably shouldn't have been playing, but he... He wasn't he, old enough, but we, <laughs> we let him play anyway. <laughs> That's right. So I always appreciate that. Yeah. And I appreciate the way you loved your sweet wife, Nona, and your family and, and served our church so faithfully. So Over 72 years we were together. Absolutely. That's amazing. Wow. Well, Lee, I know um, you served in the Navy in the South Pacific. Uh, you said from 1943 to 1945, but I guess I want to just kind of ask you, how old were you and what year was it when you actually joined the Navy? I was 18 years old. Okay. 18 years old, that's a long time ago. Right, right. And what year was that? 1943. Wow. Well, tell us a little bit. I know you grew up in College Park. So yep, I, we uh, grew up in College Park on Main Street, and my parents took me to church. Okay. They didn't take me and leave me like some parents did. Right. And we grew, I grew up that way, okay. and I became a Christian. I was baptized in 1937. The first church in College Park, which is not even there anymore, mm -hmm. uh, they moved down on Old National Highway then, and we built a church down there. Right. And then in <clears throat> started, my kids were going to school over at uh, Briarwood and in East Point, and we built a new home in uh, East Point, and I was a member of the uh, Southwest Christian Church for 37 years. And I served on the board of deacon and elders for 35 years wow. yeah, with Jim Dyer and that crowd. And right. it was a great time to be together. Sure was. Matt Farmer and all the boys. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Well, so you're 18 years old, and you know that there's a world war starting. Right. And we're in it. I mean, I guess, you know, uh, obviously um, what happened at Pearl Harbor has happened, and we're in it. So how was the mood in the community or even in the country about this whole new? Well, uh, we had a lot of people that volunteered the military, mm -hmm. the Army and Navy and Marines, mm -hmm. Air Force. And those days back then were days that we cherished because we knew we were fighting for freedom. Mm -hmm. And that was a blessing. Right. And we, we did that gallantly and, and wholeheartedly to defend our country because I told some of the people one day, they were talking to me about things, and I said, do you know if it hadn't have been for World War II with Germany and the Japanese in the Pacific, you might be speaking German or Japanese. Right. And right. we defended our country proudly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, um, tell us a little bit, you know, you, you mentioned your baptism in 1937, you know, so you... Um, 12 years old. 12 years old. Now you're 18, and you've matured a little bit, and you're moving forward. But now, how, you know, how did your faith in Christ at this point prepare you to go into what you're getting ready to go into? Well, I knew I was a Christian, and I knew that <clears throat> our Lord and Savior would take care of me, and he did. Mm -hmm. And... I had a scripture in the Old Testament that I had, and why I came up in the Old Testament, I'll never know, 
It was God as our refuge and strength, present help in time of trouble. Wow. And we were in trouble a lot of times. <laughs> right. And, and he's the one that brought us back right. and saved our country. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, is there anything from, from your experience in the South Pacific that you'd like to share with us today? Well, my first engagement was at Inouye in the Marshall Islands. And when we got through shelling and bombing that place, I don't know how anybody survived, but they did. And the Marines and all in the Army went ashore, and they did a great job defending and losing, their, giving their lives for us, too. I don't know if uh, I was in 10 major battles, and uh, it was unbelievable that I got through all of them. We had no injuries, no, nobody got hurt or shot on our ship, and we picked up a few B-29 flyers up at around Okinawa and brought them back to the base in Saipan, where they were flying out of Saipan. And it was it was a great experience and one that I'll never forget right. because I know that the Lord took care of me, mm-hmm. brought me back home. Sure, absolutely. Well, we're glad he did. You mentioned something to me the other day about uh, y'all had an opportunity to, to go worship, and, and you certainly did that. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, when we was at boot camp in San Diego, we marched to church 16 weeks. Wow. Every day we went to church, and if you didn't go to church, you were in trouble. <laughs> and we we believed in that, going to church, and I did, too, right. because I'd always been in church. And I'll never forget my experiences in church. Right. And it was, it was, it was wonderful to be there. But when I got out of the boot camp and all, <clears throat> things began to change because I went aboard my ship in October 1943, and we shipped out in 1944 the South Pacific and it was it was a wonderful life and it was a great life and I met a lot of good people a lot of good shipmates made a lot of good friends yeah. we had one guy in boot camp so I want to tell you about him <laughs> he lived over in East Point and he had he had big ears and bless his heart he I don't know if when he slept or not but he could tell us what went on during the night. <laughs> and I couldn't believe some of the stories he came up with. It was amazing to how, how he, I don't know when he ever slept. It was amazing to me. Wow. I, I don't understand it at all. Yeah. But he was a great guy and uh, he did, I only had two guys come on my ship and one of them was from uh, uh, College Park. His name was James McClure. And he was a radio man. And I was a ship's cook. And I didn't get thrown over the side one time. <laughs> Feeding 365 people, you know, was a job. But I wasn't the only ship's cook. But we had a lot of good times there and fixed some recipes for my mother when she had a restaurant in College Park for two years. And then she sold that restaurant to Tim Scott's parents, who was members of church at one time. But it was a great experience for me to, to know that uh, the Lord was looking after me and taking care of me that whole time yeah, and brought me back home. Absolutely. Well, uh, I talked to you a little bit about this earlier this week in, in uh, Mark's gospel. Jesus 
um, talks about a couple of questions he asked when he was talking to disciples, and he says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or, or lose their life. Yeah, or, or, or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? And you think about it, during that time, we had some pretty evil dictators who were literally oh, yeah. trying to take over the world. Hitler and Hirohito and all his crowd, you know, and thank God they're not here anymore. Right. But we still have fights to do with our, for our country and our nation because of the evil that's out there right now. Right. Because it, it is everywhere today and uh, you hear the news and read about it and where people are being killed, assassinated today, like mm -hmm. in Mexico when mm -hmm. they killed all those Americans down there. Mm -hmm. And what we gonna do about that, I just don't know, but I got a feeling that uh, something's gonna happen. Well, how did, how did your faith sustain you and shape you along with all those experiences you had um, in your opportunity to be a part of that in World War II? Well, like I said, I was blessed by Jesus Christ, our Savior. He looked after me, and he brought me back home, like I said earlier. And without him, we are nothing. Mm -hmm. He is our Lord and Savior. Well, I appreciate you letting us know about that. Um, what would you like people, especially young people, what do you wish they would know about that era? Well, I don't know what they're teaching in some of the schools today. <laughs> uh, but it's not what they should be teaching. What kind of history they're teaching, I just don't know. It's got to be out of this world. <laughs> and I just think they should get back to the roots of everything that we had when I was growing up, when you were growing up, and living the Christian life, they should. Right. Uh, I just hope that's going to happen, and I believe it will happen and with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I know our, our country, and the reason we do this today is, is this is a worship service, but we recognize that, that our country... Um, was founded on godly principles, That's right. principles that were supposed to guide us, and, and hopefully we'll continue to do that. And I, I think you're right. We've probably gotten away from that a little bit, but it was great to hear. You know, I ho I ho I'm glad you're going to say this in the second service because I want my girls to hear that you got marched to church and you liked it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they didn't you take know? me and dunk me like some parents did. Right, right. It was yeah. something you, you chose to do. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we walked to church. We was only about three and a half blocks from the church. Mm -hmm. So in the good weather, we walked. And when it was bad weather, we got to ride in the car. Mm -hmm. And my dad was a big member of the church in East Point and he sang in the choir. He did a lot of work with uh, a lot of the choirs and uh, going to all-day singings. Right, <laughs> right. And I, I didn't care for the all-day singing. <laughs> <laughs> the food was good, but the all-day singing was just yeah. too much for me. Right, but right. my son did. <laughs> he spent 29 years in jumping out of air, perfectly good airplanes in 82nd Airborne. Wow, thank you, Mark. He went in doing Vietnam, but he got he got a good deal. They sent him to Germany because he was an operator. And my old one of my grandsons, great grandsons, not great grandsons, he went to Iraq. Mm -hmm. So this my dad was in World War One, mm -hmm. and 
we have a all military family. How about that? Yeah. Well, we're we're grateful for you guys, all of you veterans here today, and um, I want to just share a, a story, if I could, from World War II that I ran across this week. Um, uh, it says during World War II, Gen- uh, General Douglas MacArthur, who you're familiar with, he wanted an island airfield. Uh, to be able to launch the forces, so he invaded um, an Indonesian island called Biak. Does that sound right? Yeah. And six months after they secured, and that was quite a battle from what I understand. They got on okay, but then the Japanese were waiting on them as they came up the hills, yeah. and, and they got, you know, ambushed. Up and down, up and around in Burma and those places. Right. And so this, uh, in 1944, after they secured the island, um, a chaplain named Leon Maltby arrived on the island to minister to the troops. And they set him up about a 20 by 60, he said, canvas structure to serve as, as a chapel of sorts so they could do worship together. Um, but he said it had nothing in, uh, in it except for a floor made out of packed coral and a roof made from a, a yellow parachute. And so with the help of some carpenters, he built some pews and a platform and an altar and started having services. And he, he wanted to serve communion, which, you know, was special to us and obviously a lot of us uh, who were Christians. And uh, he had nothing to serve communion, so he found some unused 50 caliber um, bullets. So he said he, knew, he used new ones because he didn't want to use any that had been used to, to kill or destroy anybody. <laughs> um, uh, that's, uh, I just, you know, it, what those shells did, it was... They had to be done. That's right. And, That's right. Uh, and it brought freedom nothing, for the rest yeah, of the world. Nothing, nothing unsacred about it. Right. But that's just what he chose to do. And he said he pulled the, the lead and the gunpowder and the firing caps out of them. And he welded them together and pressed them into the right shape. And then he shined them up. And it took about two hours to make each one. And he made 80 of them. And he had 80 communion cups. And so in 1945, he actually got to, and this was, I guess, after the, the war had just been over, he got to sail to Japan and was actually the first Protestant chaplain to enter Japan. And he became good friends with a local Japanese pastor, and he used that same communion set to serve the Lord's Supper to him and have communion with yeah. him. Um, and it moved him very deeply. And now he says that, uh, from what I understand, that same set of communion um, made out of 50 caliber bullets is on display at the Veterans Museum in Daytona Beach where the sign reads, A pastor clearly understood the significance of instruments of death becoming a symbol of eternal life. Right. And I thought that was a neat story, yeah. you know, in that same kind of area. I'll tell you about a good friend of mine. He was a big tech graduate and alumni, and he's still living he was a P-51 pilot, okay. and he was with the Flying Tigers. He got shot down in China. Mm. Well, the Chinese kept him from being captured by the Japanese. Wow. And I told him, I said, you need to write a story about that, Paul. He said, nobody believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, you should have written a, a short story about it. And he's, he's still around, and he's not doing too good right now, but great guy. Wow. Well, we're very grateful for those um, who have served us and yeah. keep us safe and free. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more aware of it. Um, I had grandfathers that were both in World War II that have passed on, but now my son is serving and um, it, it makes it a lot you know, is he magnified. a SEAL? Is he going to be a SEAL? No, or? no. He's, he wants to be a Ranger, but he's, oh, okay. he's in the Army right now. Yeah. He's done a tour in Europe. and he's, That's not easy. No. <laughs> and he's uh, 
he's back at Fort Riley, Kansas right now, and hadn't seen him in a year, and looking forward to seeing him at Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. that'll be great. So, um, yeah, so we're very thankful for all our men and women who are serving all over. Well, Lee, I want to thank you for, for doing this today. Uh, it really means a thank lot. You, thank you for asking me. And yeah. Hope I didn't bore anybody. No, sir. <laughs> and your your um, your faithfulness to Christ has been evident. Um, I really do appreciate it. I know a lot of people in this church are and your family. Yeah. You have uh, been a great example to all of us. And being able to share that stuff, because I know yeah. it's hard. I know you lost some, uh, I know people you knew from home and all that. Yeah, and, I did. And, my, one of my neighbors, he was killed at Tar- Tarawa, mm. so, so. but his mother didn't like it because I got one. Right, <laughs> and that's a hard thing. Yeah, it is. It's hard How to How come accept. some did and some didn't? I know that's something y'all all struggle with still, yeah. but we're grateful you did, and there was a reason for that. I don't understand all that, but God had a reason for you he speaking did. to us today and being here and raising your kids and grandkids. And, and they're looking the, after me today. <laughs> yes, sir, and honoring their dad, and I appreciate yep. that very much. Well, thank you, Lee, very much. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right.